Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wild Lee, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we gush over our sexual yums and experience catharsis around our sexual yucks in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere, which I believe will ultimately make the world a better, more loving, and certainly a more pleasure-filled place, which I feel like we could all use, especially right now. Our guest today is an incredible, kinky young woman who was so fun to talk to. She is 28 heteroflexible, very kinky, we're going to talk about that, works in the healthcare industry and is in the southeastern U.S. region. Welcome, Danny. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited to talk about kinky submissive things and all the other things that we're going to get into. But can you start at the very beginning of your story and tell our listeners when you first remember hearing about sex? Yes. So... I've been thinking about this because I'm like, when did I first remember hearing about sex? And I don't remember like a super definitive time where it was a thing. I remember 
maybe around nine, 10 years old, starting to realize like that, oh, there's things that happen or that feel good or, you know, but like, I don't, and I, I remember like the talks of, you know, these are private parts. Other people don't touch these or see these, but like, I don't remember a super definitive time where I was like, oh, sex is a thing. Like, not until like I got into masturbating and started having sex. So I don't remember. Like, I, I wish I did. That's fine. On that note, how did you get into masturbating? I, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, like, I think, I guess, like, where I really started, that was probably around like, 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Like at first it just started like hands and touching and, and obviously that felt good. And I realized like, if you kept doing it long enough, something happened. (laughs) And then in the house that we lived in, my mom, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to put like a detachable shower head in mine and my sister's shower. Thank you, mom. for that. (laughs) She, she knew. I think she knew what she was doing when she put the, um, a detachable shower head in mine and my sister's bathroom, because I think she was like, I'm going to do my girls a solid and give them this beautiful gift. So that was like the process for a long time. And then it kind of like evolved Yeah. where I always liked the external, external simulation, you know, simulation. And then at some point, point like I'd start putting things in but I didn't like it as much like how old you were when you tried that because I tried it before I'd had my period and I was like I don't think I have one of those holes yeah I think I was around around 12 like I I definitely know like the clitoral stimulation started first and then at some point I was like okay well there's got to be something like I don't remember what it was but like I tried it and I was like "Eh, this doesn't really do anything for me but around that time I was also like developing and it wasn't too, too, too much longer after that, that I lost my virginity. That was at 14. So like in that time between like 11 and 14, like things obviously changed a lot. Yeah. There wasn't like, I didn't love putting things inside of me at first. It didn't feel as good compared to touching the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a sex talk at all? So sex talk. Yeah. um, So I, I've grown up in a Christian household Mm -hmm. and the sex talk for the longest time was you don't have sex until you're married. And that, that changed a little bit probably when I started having sex and they're like, okay, well we have to change the tone. Wait, they knew. um, So they knew. So yes. So, (laughs) so, so after, so I had sex when I was 14, it was terrible. Like in a car, I think he was like dripping sweat on me. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that's kind of gross. Like it was not good. It only happened like three times and we broke up. But like I was like hypersexual yeah. at that time. I, yeah. Like I, I knew like some of this is good, but like parts of it were gross just because it was not good sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't even remember how, but they somehow found out like shortly thereafter or got in big trouble. And then probably like within the next year, my mom put me on birth control. <laughs> okay. But yeah, they did find out. I'm pretty sure I was like grounded for a little bit and it didn't matter at that point because like we had broken up and it, it was just kind of a thing. And, you know, at some point that the, the grounding ended and I was able to get back to my normal life, which I didn't actually have intercourse for another two and a half years probably there were other things between their mouth things but um but there was actually like no intercourse for at least like another two years I think okay okay yeah the sex talk is don't have sex until you're married and um that also kind of went along with I went to a a private school 
and the rule at the school was like you don't have sex if they found out you were having sex you could be expelled from the school if you were pregnant you would definitely be expelled and of course there were kids having sex not at school but there were kids in the school having sex of course and and there i had friends that that got pregnant and actually had to leave the school because of it so oh wow that's wild i can't believe you got caught too i feel like that's every or not caught but like i feel like it's every 14 year old's worst nightmare to like have your parents in your business like that yeah and like my family was pretty open like even though they were like this is something we really prefer you don't do until you're married yeah like they were disappointed we wish you would have waited till you're more able to handle it but even back then i remember like i'm sure like you know i was 14 and me and my boyfriend broke up and he was like 17 at the time so it was like oh I'm sad but I think it ended pretty quickly and I've never been the type to tie like love feelings to sex necessarily like I can but I don't always feel that way so even then like I realized like now looking back especially that I'm very open sexually thinking like it really wasn't a big deal to me to have sex and even now like some people say oh, I wish I hadn't lost my virginity so young. And to me, it still doesn't matter. Like, I barely remember that person. Like, anything about them, I don't think about it. I don't care. And I don't wish it didn't happen. Wow. Okay, can you... Okay, you talked a little bit about mouth things. Can you talk more about mouth things? Did you do mouth things before your virginity loss? Like, did you guys do all I don't know. I think it just all kind of happened at once. And I honestly remember there being a lot of that. So I guess in the time after I lost my virginity to the time that I had sex again around like 16 and a half ish. Yeah, there were mouth things. There were a few boyfriends and a couple of, of fun things there. So to make a long story short, I, I actually kind of had to leave a church that I was involved in because I I did some mouth things. <laughs> gave a blowjob to a someone else that was involved in the church but the bad thing about that was he is not who I was dating at the time I was actually dating the pastor's son um and everybody found out and it was like a big thing and so like when they called me and my parents in to talk about it my parents were just like yeah we're out <laughs> so, oh my god yeah wait and then another wait, um wait sorry your whole family left the church because of it? <laughs> yeah. We just left. Like, at that point, it wasn't, like, even, like, an embarrassment thing. It was, I think my parents were more upset that they were, like, how judgy they were being about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Because, like, as much as my parents were like, oh, you know, we want you to not have sex until you're ready kind of thing. Like, at that point, when they knew that was just me and they couldn't stop it, they kind of embraced it okay. in a way. And so they were like, yeah, we're not going to have her be judged for this. Like the Christian thing to do is to forgive her, not act like this. But I think it had to do with like, I technically cheated on the pastor's son. Yeah. yeah. So kind of a thing. And yeah, it was better that way. So we found a different after that. Okay. So there were mouth things like with that boyfriend and then that friend of the boyfriend. And like there was another boyfriend in there who actually was very very religious and he had not had sex and i gave him a blowjob one time and he broke up with me in the context that god told him to because i was leading him down a wrong path oh wow so 
Um, let me get my little devil blowjob giving self out of here. <laughs> Got a pretty good laugh out of that. So, so yeah, there were there were a few there were a few blowjob experiences in there. Thinking back to it though, like I wasn't getting anything out of it. Yeah, I don't think. How did it make you feel to give them though? Like I like I knew I liked doing it. I think it made me feel powerful yeah. to do it. With- now being in a place of power is not my thing yeah um and my submissive side but but like i like that like i was doing this and it was exciting and it good to me like i like giving blowjobs even now i love giving blowjobs back then i'm pretty sure everybody that i gave a blowjob to it was like a if you come in my mouth you will never see me again Mm -hmm. i will spit it back on Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and we'll never get another one and now I wouldn't dare waste a drop if I can <laughs> help it. But but at the time it was like a big do not do yeah. not come in my mouth or so I liked doing it, but I did not like that at that point. I was still working on my really bad gag reflex. So you have a bad gag reflex, like regular blowjobs, or do you mean like deep throat wise? So like I used to have a really bad gag reflex. Like even as a child, like I would like go to the dentist and I would throw up or I would like be brushing my teeth and my mom would hear me like retching in the bathroom. I just had a really bad gag reflex. I've fixed it now. Amazing. (laughs) But but for the most part, but um, yeah, like I had a really bad gag reflex. And so like the, like given a regular blowjob, like I would get gagged and the thought of somebody coming in my mouth at that point was bearable to me. That's so interesting. Okay, I'm reflecting on my early blowjob experiences as you talk. And I remember, because I also didn't get like physical pleasure out of it, but I had a secret hookup buddy and I would sneak out of the house to go give him blowjobs like late at night. And <laughs> and like, and he was very cute. Like he was a year older than I was and was like a cute boy that everyone had a crush on. Like he was that guy. And I liked it. I mean, I think I was really good at blowjobs because he kept asking for them for years. Like I remember then because it started when I was 16 and I remember being in college and being like, no, I'm not seeing you anymore. Like, go away. But I'm thinking about how it was not necessarily that I got pleasure out of it, but was like the entire experience was so exciting. And like, I love being naked with a person, but I did swallow because he kept being like, well, what about this idea? And I was like, sure. And because I didn't really like have any stigma in my head around it, I was just like, I'll swallow anything. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I got to college, you know, because I was like, but like, well, I got to college and I remember having my first partners who were like surprised that I was down with swallowing. And that was when I felt shame. I was like, oh, shit, am I not supposed to? And so it's like those weird mixed messages. So. What shifted for you blowjob wise? Like what, when did you become a swallower? I think it started happening like in my late teens. So there were those like those earlier experiences in my like 15, 16 range. And then there, there was um, a boyfriend around that time who like probably started like giving me oral sex and like I gave him a blowjob, although we never had sex. I think (laughs) I'm pretty sure we did not but we never had sex, but like, so we started exploring more. And so I think maybe like, as I started getting pleasure to somehow, or even like getting fingered, I was like, okay, like, you know, like I felt like I was able to relax a little more maybe. So kind of like the real turning point though, was the boyfriend I had when I was like 17, 18. That's where I started like exploring a lot more of my sexuality. He was a little bit older, but not not a ton, like maybe two years. And for the longest time, like 
his mom didn't know how old I was. So like when I actually turned 18, we were like, well, I'm 18 now. But like, I'd been like spending the night at his house. And at the time my parents let him stay at my house, like sleep in my bedroom. Yeah. And I don't know why they did that. Honestly, like I think back and I'm like, why did that happen? But um, I I think it might've had something to do with the fact that like, you got kicked out of a church and they kind of were like, well, this is our daughter. We love her. I don't know. Just a guess. <laughs> just hazarding yeah. a guess. Yeah. They were like, okay, we have to embrace it. So, yeah. and I think it was too like, a, well, if he doesn't stay here, then they're going to go yeah. stay there. Yeah. So like, we know she's safe, you know, and that's kind of how they always were about everything. Like once things kind of opened up a little bit, okay. it was like, well, you know, if you're going to do something, we just want to know you're safe. Yeah. So here's birth control. And, you know, like you can do this, just you're with us kind of thing. So, but that was definitely where like I started exploring more. Like I remember we bought like some vibrator sets that have like sleeves that went on it and a set of anal beads. And when you were 18, you got anal beads. Yeah. (laughs) What inspired that? I didn't even know what they were until a few years ago. Yeah. So we, I don't know, we just, we, I don't know if we like ordered it offline. I don't remember it, but like, I remember it coming in a box and it had like the, the, like just plain silver vibrator. And it had like a couple of different sleeves that went over the top of that, that I didn't like. Yeah. Wait, why, why didn't you like them? Like, I just, I don't, I didn't like the textures. Like it didn't do anything for me. And at that point too, like I'd rather be fucked with a real cock. Okay. And so that was more for like the vibrator but now I'm thinking back that was like a terrible vibrator compared to the thing <laughs> now okay so like I probably used it more myself and then like we you know we would like dabble a little bit with it and the the beads and stuff but then that boyfriend like we there was that's where like kind of dove full into like okay you you give me oral sex I give give you blowjobs like we 69 we tried anal at that point though I remember like it being his birthday and being like I'm going to let you fuck my ass for your birthday. And like, that was such a big thing. And now like that's Tuesday stuff, you know, (laughs) if it's a good Tuesday, if it's a good Tuesday, yeah, not, not quarantine Tuesday, but, um, so yeah. So back then, like I thought anal was like this big gift that I was giving somebody and it was at the time, like Mm -hmm. for him, he was like, I get to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you do. It's your birthday. You get to have anal, you know? Yeah. But so yeah, so we started like exploring more things and you know, that was like, okay, like now I'm like really enjoying sex, except, you know, instead of this first guy who was like sweating on me in the car kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of like where, where things changed for me a lot as far as sex goes. <laughs> that is amazing. So can you tell us some of the details about mouth things that you like? And I want to hear both directions, like what you enjoy being done to you. Yeah. So I will say now I actually do not get off very easily from oral. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, I like, I like it. It feels yeah. good. I enjoying, I enjoy it being done to me. And for like the sake of principle, if I'm willing to suck your dick, you have to be willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't, it's not like I'm, I hardly ever get off from it. Like to do that, like it takes fingers inside me or like a finger in my ass or like I had one partner when I was like 22 who just could always make me come from going down on me and it yeah. was amazing it was do you like know lot- what the difference was I-, I don't know for certain I mean I think it had to do with like the ability to like really zero in the pressure mm. where it needed to be like par- part of me thinks like I've 
I've destroyed my clit with with high powered toys over the years, and like so that's not harder. I don't so think it's I, true. I, I worry about that, but I don't think it's true. I don't know. Yeah, I try to be careful with that, but like I don't think that's it. I think most people just have a hard time like giving me the pressure I yeah. need. Like, and I I don't have like a a really big clit or anything like yeah. it's kind of small and tucked away mm-hmm. and so I think it just really takes like getting that pressure where it needs to be and the speed and, like he was oh god I was like I was in my early 20s and he was in his mid 50s yep. so there was like big age gap yep. there lived out of state and, like I remember one time like I was like leaving to he was going to take me to the airport and I was like before I go, will you go down on me? Like, and that was just unheard of for me to ask for that like that, just because Amazing. I didn't love it, but I loved it with him. It was so good. And he could make me come every single time. And maybe it was just that he was older and experienced and listened. I don't know. But, but even now I don't like love it, like for the sake of getting off. If somebody's trying to get me off that way, like, unless I know that they really, really, really love it. And they're really, really enjoying it. I'll just be kind of laying there like, yeah. Okay, can you see now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do, I do like it. And, you know, and there's options there to lick other things. Yeah. So, Are you into that? So like, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, like there's like two inches maybe between <laughs> ass and a pussy. Yeah. So if you're licking my pussy, you might as well lick my ass too. Totally. Do you, do you have to ask for that or do you have partners kind of volunteer or how is that? And like, how did butt stuff start for you? So partners that I have now, like, because of my kinky nature is definitely something that we talk about first. Yeah. But stuff for me, it started like with, with the boyfriend when we first started trying anal Birth, and the beads. Birthday and butt sex. Yeah, the birthday butt sex. And so that, that was like, that was the start of it. And there was probably a lull in there mm-hmm. with the butt stuff until I first got, like, until I got into my first DS relationship. So like... I guess, nope, nope, that's not true. There was one boyfriend actually between there that we were very adventurous and we started doing like a lot of things and there was, there was butt stuff there. And so like, I I just grew to like it over time. But back then ass eating was not a thing. Like I feel like now ass eating is like very common. Like, and to me it's super normal. Do you think it's just because of your entrance into the kinky world? Because I literally, it never came up for me. Eating ass did not come up. But then once I like got into a kinky relationship, now I feel like it's everywhere. Yeah, I think it did have something to do with the kink world. And like now, like I love eating ass. I love having my ass ate. I have friends at work who will like come to me and they'll like, I'm, I'm the like resident sex expert. We talk about stuff all the time. They hear all my stories. They love hearing stories. At they work? think it's best. Yes. Yes, at work. Yes, we're there all night. We I might as well it. talk about some stuff. We've gotten in trouble before for uh, things getting overheard that should not have been overheard. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> Like, gosh. big trouble. But um, <laughs> I can go into that a little bit more in a little bit. But, yeah. So, like, my friends at work, they'll come and they'll be like, oh, it's my husband's birthday. What should I do? And I'm like, I'm like, eat his ass. And my friend, she's like, uh-uh, 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 I can't do that. I'm like, you make sure, go take a shower, make sure everything's clean, like, suck his dick and get down on the balls and then just, like, lick his ass. And she's like, I, I can't, I can't do that. And I'm like, you can, you'll just, you'll, it's not that bad. It's not bad at all to me, but, like, to people that think it's bad. Right, Like, right. I don't know what they are expecting. Like, it's skin. You don't have to, like, dive inside of it if you don't want to. Like, 
it's just skin. It's no different than like a mouse, honestly. Yeah. It's a little different shape. So yeah, so I love eating ass. I'm all for eating ass. I definitely think it got introduced to me because of the kink world. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I would be with ass eating if it wasn't for that because my totally. sexual identity now is so overtly kinky. Yeah. It's hard to imagine like what I would be like if I had not gotten into that. Are you a tongue inside kind of ass eater? I it depends on the person for yeah. sure. Um but yeah, like I'll I've I've gotten there pretty good before. <laughs> I'm trying to think like back to my first ass eating experience. Oh, I know what it was. It was a, it was a a Dom that I had met that I was like, had gone on a couple of dates with and was playing with. And he actually lived on a boat, like a yacht. Um, And so that was fun. So my first ass eating experience was on a boat. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty fun. And I liked it. Like I remember just like, I love giving pleasure or I love like one of my kinks is like giving people a first or like my first. Mm -hmm. So like that was like, I thought it was super fun and like he was so into it. And I just remember like, again, like, like I'm not in that kinky submissive position. I'm not supposed to have that power, but I love that power of like giving somebody this overwhelming good feeling. Well, I don't know if you'll connect with this, but when I, I was trained to give rim jobs by my former master and it was the first, my first experience with that type of butt stuff, with giving butt stuff in that way. Like I'd done like a finger in a boyfriend's ass when, when requested, but, uh, it was my first and I was nervous because I was like, it's going to be gross. It's going to be weird. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but I remember the thing that kind of put me over the edge from like, oh, this is a thing I can do that I'm not scared of to like, I love this. And I want to see how deep my tongue can get in there is like, like I'm in control, but it's like knowing that I'm like, I'm serving my master. Like it was like, I'm giving this deep, literally pleasure. And it's like yeah, that, exactly. that, I don't know. Yeah. So something I think I forgot to mention was to like that. Yes, I am submissive, but I have like a little switchy side too. So like also the times that I have been playing as the dominant partner, it's fun. You know, it's fun doing that in that way too. Like, and that's not like my huge thing. Like it's something that's a very occasional thing for me, but like doing that in that position, like in a dominant position is very fun too. I don't know if it's like a, like I'm humiliated. It's not like a humiliation thing. It's just uh, like I'm in control and I'll play with whatever hole I want to. How yeah, I want to. That's, I also feel like for a lot of men, that might be the way they need to get into it if they've been raised in a fairly heteronormative way. Cause I know a lot of dudes are like, don't touch my butt. And I'm just like, yeah. Okay. But are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I know, it's like new people that I talk to now, I'll be like, Oh, I like this. You like this. And they're like, well, I've never done that. And I'm like, if you would just try, like, I've never met a guy that tried some kind of butt thing and didn't actually like it. Mm -hmm. And I think more, I think it's a stigma thing for men where they're just afraid to admit that they might like something touching their asshole or in their ass. Like, I mean, I'm like, do you understand? I could literally make you come from massaging your prostate only. Yeah. Like, and that, it's, do you know, I know what that feels like. That's that, okay. That exactly. Because I'm like, it's a new sensation that you could experience. Like how many, like, I think about the things that we do in life and how often we do the same thing over and over and sexually people get bored. I'm just like, why wouldn't you want to explore this glorious new field that's available to you? <laughs> I know. I know. Like it's a whole 
whole realm of pleasure that you might miss out on if you don't get into that. So, like, why? <laughs> Can I ask, do you like receiving? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, it. I, I'm one of those, I like to, to just feel really comfortable with the person yeah. to do that. It's not something I want to do with any and everybody. Um, it's not something I necessarily want to do, like, my first time with someone. I mean, again, like, being kinky, a lot of these things get talked about, like yeah. with limits and stuff, yeah. before I ever have a an encounter with a partner. But yes, I do love it, um, especially if they like it. I don't like anybody to do something that they don't enjoy. Totally. So, but I also don't tend to have interactions with people who don't enjoy the same things that I enjoy sexually. So yes, I do like it. It's fun. And in like in a submissive position, it feels very like exposed. And I like that exposure and that like, you're just so on display. Like when yeah. you have your ass, like, you know, exposed like that. And um, so actually one of my current partners the other day was talking about like he sent me pictures and videos of like taping like using duct tape to like tape my ass open to like keep it like extra exposed i'll have to send you a video please to, like, show you do like ooh, like and now of course we can't because of the quarantine right. i'm like i want to duct tape my ass open oh my gosh <laughs> wait how does it is it like taped to your front or is it taped to something else it's like taped like really close like two inches from your asshole like and then like just kind of just, wrapped around the front, oh my like, so, like, kind of strips going up and two going kind of down in like a v i'll have to send you a picture or video to kind of like show you what it looks yeah. like but it just looks super fun and you would like and i have a big butt yeah so like for me like anal like you gotta have some length to be able to yeah. get through my ass cheeks or <laughs> you've got to like open open it up a little bit to be able to get in there yeah so yeah now I'm like I can't wait for you to duct tape my butt open oh my gosh okay can you walk us through can you walk us through how did you become kinky how did you discover your kinky parts so yeah so I know like I pretty much know exactly where my kinky side came from it came from me discovering like all the kink.com porn when I was too young to be watching porn oh um, wait how young were you the, probably like probably like 16 17 okay okay yeah I don't know how I knew or had access to it but I somehow found it and like and I was watching things like I shouldn't have been watching like I remember my mom finding out I was watching Nip Tuck when I was like 14 and she was livid and she's like this show is so inappropriate and it was but like I was just very drawn to things yeah. of a highly sexual nature pretty early and like comfortable with it mm -hmm. and so yes yeah, so like I, I learned all the kink.com like the hogtide and the water bondage and some of those different like I can't even remember what they're all called now well, I know what they're called but you know what the ones I was watching back then I think yeah. it was mostly like hogtide and water bondage and stuff and like I remember just like thinking like I want to go there and do that which I would never do because I'm not a porn star right. like it didn't occur to me that those are porn stars that are acting like yeah. I was just like oh my god it looks like they're having so much fun I want to do that like yes. I want to be in that I didn't know yes. then that it was called a scene yeah but I'm like I want to be in that like environment like I want to go to a dungeon and get tortured and have all this stuff done which is kind of funny when I think about my like big fantasy that I have now <gasps> but oh I'll tell you okay. you want to know you can tell us <laughs> what do you know? I don't know when I'm just so excited to hear it <laughs> tell us when the time is right 
we'll get to the big fantasy. I promise I will tell you. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So like that, that all kind of like sparked that and probably around like, so when I was 20, 21, graduating from college and the boyfriend that I had at the time, then we definitely like, there was like spanking and roughness and anal stuff like that. Like he would, he would probably like, he would face fuck me and stuff like, so with that, those things were starting to happen. And like, I knew like, Oh, I like this rougher, not vanilla sex. Yeah. And so then after that, like, it was really hard to have like normal sex, (laughs) normal people sex. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So like I knew then. And so then I guess when I was 22, 23 ish, right around there, I somehow discovered FetLife. And I decided to make a profile and get on FetLife. And that is how I met my first Dom turned daddy um, on FetLife. And that ended up being a disaster. And we can oh. go into that more. Okay. But, okay. Yeah, it was not a great, it was not a great, um, it, I mean, it, it went on for way too long, but mm-hmm. that is how I met my first dominant partner. And it started as dominant submissive. And then it, it kind of transitioned into a daddy baby girl um, dynamic there. But that was how I got into it. And then that, you know, being with him and his wife, it was a poly situation mm-hmm. um, that really like opened my eyes to, and, and being on FetLife. I mean, you see all kinds of things, but that yeah. that opened my eyes to all of the the things that were out there in the parties and the the dungeons and private clubs and stuff like that that were there. And so I dove pretty hard into that when I when I got into that with them. And then it just, it kind of continued. I left the kink world kind of for a vanilla relationship for almost three years, like had deleted my fat and everything completely. Oh, wow. And then um, just last year kind of got back into it after I realized that living vanilla is not ever going to be for me. It's just not possible. Um, it's not who I am and I need, I need kink. I need like that daddy figure. Like I, I tell vanilla guys now I'm like, so how do you feel about being called daddy? <laughs> Cause like, it's not, like I can't start a relationship with yeah. you if you can't into that to some extent with me. Wait, so, wait, 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 pause. So am I understanding that you are like open to converting vanilla people into daddies? am open to converting vanilla people into daddies. I do find that like, if I'm so like, if you tell some vanilla guy, you're kinky, they're like, Oh yeah, sure. Let's explore. But like, I don't enjoy having to teach you all of that because I want you to be able to take control. Yeah. So like, it just comes, you probably know it comes really natural to some people. Yeah. And so like somebody that it comes very natural to and already has those inclinations and has been wanting to explore it, I'm more open to than somebody that's just completely vanilla and they're doing it for me. I don't really want them to do it for me. I want them to do it because it's something that already turns them on. Yeah. At least like be kinky to some extent. And then like, if you're not like, if you've never been into the daddy baby girl thing and like we get into that together, that's a little bit different. But even then, like you're you're going to have to have that natural inclination to be the daddy type mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and all daddies and baby girls don't go together. Yeah. Well, so just because you, you feel like you identify as a daddy obviously doesn't mean that we're going to be compatible kink wise. Totally. Will you actually talk a little bit about, it sounds like is baby girl, your preferred form of submission. Will you just talk about how you understand daddy, baby girl relationships and like what your preferred version might look like? 
Yes, absolutely. So, um, like I said, so there was definitely a progression for me. It started as the dominant submissive. Um, I'm absolutely not into master slave. I'm too, I'm too much of a brat for that. And it's just, oh. it doesn't, I'm glad that people, people love it. I definitely have a brat side. Um, I'm glad that people love it, but it's just not for me. I need that little more like tender caring side. So it started as dominant submissive and that relationship actually evolved like with that person. So, and to explain that this, this person that was my first dominant had never had that dynamic, but had been in the lifestyle for like 20 years and had never had that daddy baby girl dynamic with Mm. anything, including his submissive, who was his wife. And so that caused a lot of strain. There was a big age gap. So that probably contributed to some of us feeling that, but it came very natural for us, but it caused a lot of strain between me and her and, and him and her. So started dominant submissive. It was like fun, but just something was missing. Mm. And I liked that, like, yeah, like hurt me, but like, I also love the sweet cuddly stuff. Like there's nothing more I love than somebody like petting on me and calling me baby girl. And I think like, I didn't feel special as a submissive, Yeah, but like being somebody's baby girl feels special. So I think I have this need to like feel special and I just didn't feel it regular submissive and not to say like at all like not kink shaming anybody for for being a slave and and it's not to say that they're not special to their their master or their dominant I just personally didn't feel special like and I feel more special as baby girl also my bright side definitely lends to that a little bit better and be bratty sometimes without like getting in terrible trouble so yeah, it just definitely evolved. So I just like that more tender side. I like to feel special and important. And another reason, like it felt like it gave me a reason to serve. So I definitely love to serve my dominant partner. But like part of it for me was like, okay, I'm just your submissive. Like, why am I serving you? Yeah. But like serving daddy is because he's daddy and he's special. And like you do anything for daddy. So that's kind of like where the switch happened for me Mm. and the way I see it like you know it's obviously it's nothing incestual Mm -hmm. it's just that that caring you know like strict but sweet dominant male partner for me male and then you know the baby girl side which I do have like some little tendencies too but you know that I get to be like and I have to be so serious in the rest of my life and my big girl adult job that I love that just like I get to like be free and like daddy tells me what to do and I get to have fun little precious princess. So for that, it just kind of like gave me a reason to serve and to let go and be myself and, and be that like sweet, silly, fun, little, like treasured little girl. Uh, I love that. And I think that is so well articulated. And I love that you pointed out, I don't know if I've even touched on this in an episode, like the different textures that each type of relationship can have. You know, right. and it's like, because even within my former, with my former master, I was his slave, but he would do this thing that I fucking loved where he would like, it was like the nuance of our relationship was I was his like goddess whore. So like I had to do anything he wanted, but I was being worshipped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was like, and so it's just like, and I've been, I've talked to a couple of other doms that are like really serious and really strict with protocol all the time and I'm like all the time I don't know yeah (laughs) 
Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Um, and I knew, like, something like that. Like, I would not mind, like, high protocol for, like, a party or something. Yes, exactly. like that. Oh, I would for, love that. Uh, like, high protocol night. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, like, I want to cuddle and eat pizza in bed mm-hmm. and, like, like poke you and be, you know, poke the bear kind of thing. Like, yeah. my, my ex-daddy, like, <laughs> this thing, oh, this would drive him crazy. But it was drive him crazy because it was causing issues other places. Like, I would, like, like like suck on his wrist or like his oh. his like hip something yeah. and like leave a little hickey and I was like marked you and he would he thought it was hilarious but like at this at the same time and I wasn't I wasn't trying to be ugly but like I just wanted to be myself I wasn't trying to cause problems I knew it would cause problems mm. and she she knew like we were together it wasn't it yeah. wasn't like yeah. that um we would have times that we were all together and we spent you know, sexually and then like just dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. But I knew it was causing some problems doing that. And looking back now, like her and I are friends and, and I actually don't have any kind of relationship with him at this point. Oh, wow. But yeah, so we, we kind of, we worked out a, a great friendship between her and I, um, and I care about her and I wish her the absolute best, but I, um, not much of a fan of him anymore. Got it. Yeah. So, so that was, and it was nice to, to eventually, years later and it took years for us to get to that point come out of that because this was almost like five years ago and it really wasn't until like in around Christmas last year that or early this year that we kind of settled things out between me and her and got to a good place so but yeah so I wasn't doing that to be like inflammatory like I was just being me and having fun it just caused issues within his other dynamic yeah so I'm not like super proud of myself for that. Just, but I didn't know like what I was doing. I wasn't, like I said, it wasn't intentional, but, but yeah. So like, I, I love that little, like just being silly and like, I I need the not so serious. I'm just, I don't want to be that serious. Yeah. Like I'm, like I said, I have to do it at work. I don't, I'm not that serious in real life. I'm very like go with the flow, free spirit, have fun. That's why and it's I, called play. Right. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't want to have to be that serious with all the protocols all the time, but yeah, fun for like a weekend or something or a a night or a party or yeah. 
So I I want to know about the dynamic in kinky threesomes. It sounds like you've had a couple. And so I'm, yes. I'm curious what your experiences are there. Okay. So there have been kinky threesomes. And to kind of, I guess, preface this, I've had threesomes with three different sets of people. Okay. okay. The first set was the Dom and his wife. Yeah. Her and I had a very strained relationship at the time. So it was not as fun as it could have been. Um, and we have come back to say now, we wish we could play now. And honestly, though, like, I just, I wouldn't play with him again. Yeah. Like, I wish me and her could could go back and do it now that we, like, like each other and are like, oh, you're so sweet. You're so pretty, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like that then. So, so it was strained. It was a little awkward. There was already, like, a who comes with who. Like, everybody was always afraid that somebody was going to get mad. And there were times, like, things ended in people crying and blow ups. And it was, it was really kind of sad looking back because it didn't have to be like that. Yeah. But, but it was, it was strained and it wasn't always super fun. And that, that was my first threesome experience was with them. Then the second one was another couple that I played with for a while. And I wasn't actually really into the guy, but I was, was into the girl a lot. And this might be a good point too, just to explain, like when I say I'm hetero flexible, I am not bisexual in the sense that I won't date a girl, but I do enjoy playing with girls on occasion. Mm. It's always been in the context of a threesome with a, with a guy there because I can't be without cock. Like I'm, that's the thing I've never choose not to have cock. So, so I say hetero flexible, like, you know, 80, 20. Yeah. 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 Enjoy playing with girls. But um, yeah. So in that situation, I wasn't like super, super into the husband. I was really, really into the wife. Me and her had a lot of fun. Like, and even though he was like the dominant there, it was mostly just me and her playing and him finding his way into it somehow. <laughs> and to the point where like, would, we, like I would stay at their house and he would go sleep in the guest room and me and her would sleep in their bed. What? So, was he okay with yeah. that? Like, how did it feel? I think he was just so happy he was getting to have <laughs> sex with two women. Like, he didn't care. Like, and, and there was like, other like there were dominant qualities to the relationship but in any of these like like in the first one like threesomes we'd have like we might both get tied up and he would do stuff to us or like force us to come with the Hitachi or like but there was there was so much strain there that it was hard for there to be like this overwhelming dominant quality with him with the second one it was like hard for there to be this overwhelming dominant quality because me and her were so into each other he was like he was there and he was participating but he wasn't really telling anybody what to do. Yeah. And then the third situation was actually me and a friend with benefits that we found. I found a girl for us to play with and we, we played with her. And so he wasn't my dom. Like we, we would play and how like he would be the top partner. But yeah. so when we would have the, this threesome sex with this girl, it Again, it wasn't like overwhelming, dominant him telling us what to do. Like things would just happen. If anything, like me and him were telling her what to do. Not really that we were co-topping her, but she was also like younger than us. Not, you know, she was like 21, but she was like super inexperienced. Mm. A little now that like I feel kind of like gross about it. Cause I'm like, oh, was I like, like she wanted to, like she wasn't a virgin or anything. Yeah. Like she wanted to was excited about it but then I was like like was that gross like for like doing that with her her being so inexperienced and stuff 
but I mean, it was fun. Like we had a good time. That was actually what I would say, probably like my best overall threesome situation. Yeah. Just as like, we were all having fun and like, you know, like somebody be riding his cock and somebody be on his face or, you know, stuff like that. So like, that was the most cohesive threesome sex, but in any of the threesomes that I've had, and there were like multiple situations with each of those three setups, there, there was never like an overwhelming dominant telling the submissives what to do. Yeah. Like play that happens. Like it's not, I hate to say non-sexual play an individual play that seems to happen more than when there's actual sex involved. Got it. Intercourse, like penis and vagina sex. Yeah. Cause yeah, I know yeah. everyone performs sex differently. So good point. Good point. Would you, in a fantasy land, would you be open to a threesome with two cocked individuals? Yes, in a fantasy land and possibly like at some point soon more than a fantasy land. It's definitely something that I've talked about and I want to do. So I have, I say I have a couple of partners now. I, first of all, I have no partners because of the quarantine because stop COVID-19. But so I, I really have like, I, I have three partners that are possible partners for me to have relations with right now, but there's really only been one that I've been actively seeing and we have a lot of fun together. So I've kind of like put my focus on that. But so one of my partners is, is in an open relationship and him and his other partner, like we've, we've, you know, talked about threesomes and, and they were like, oh, well, like we can DP you with like her with a strap on and, you know, his cock. So we've talked about that and that is likely to happen at some point, but I still want like two real cocks at Me one time. Me too. I want that so bad. And like, I kind of have like a gangbang fantasy too. Like that's one thing that I don't know if I'll ever do a real, like I probably will never do it with real sh- like strangers mm-hmm. and like my, my current partner that I actively see. He's like, I could set it up. Like we can require like, you know, obviously like everybody condoms, like I'll wash everything. We make sure everybody has like a, you know, STD test within a week kind of thing. Like be really safe about it. And then the other part of me is like, what if I just invite all the people I'm fucking over at one time and be like, surprise. (laughs) I know that like a couple of them are down for it. Like two, I can, I could set up two pretty easy if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, like, and, and all these people, they know that I'm sleeping with other people. One mm-hmm. of them doesn't really care to see it happen. One loves to see pictures. There's like somebody else that I talked to who like, we like, he'll send me pictures of things with other people. And like, we like seeing that. So oh my God. it could happen. I could set it up with people that I know already, um, possibly, but I just haven't taken the leap to do that yet. But yeah, definitely at some point, I definitely want to do a male, male, female threesome. And then, and actually the, the, the man with the, the partner that we were talking about, the strap on mm-hmm. double penetration, they have talked about setting up like an all by orgy. <gasps> so like, and I was like, can I, can I come as a single female? Oh and my he's God. Like, oh, I want to go to that. Um, yeah. That's you're so invited. cool. <laughs> We we Um, need this virus to get the fuck out so we can all have orgies again. Ruining my sex life. Yeah. So, so yeah, so definitely like open to multiple partner situations in the form of two males and me and a threesome or, or 
more swinging yeah. stuff like that. I'm definitely open to some of that. Um, and there are some fantasies there. And like I said, I don't, in, in what way I will actually act those out. I don't know. Yeah. But at some point, some points I hope to do something with at least two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hot. Oh my yeah. gosh. It sounds like you have a facility navigating all these different relationships. Like how did you get into this poly lifestyle? So, yeah. So I don't know if I would call myself poly now. Like I obviously was dabbling in it then. And I think it was like out of necessity to get the dominant submissive relationship that I wanted at the time. I didn't have anything against it. And I've thought through the years, I'm like, maybe that is something like I'm, I could be into like, and I could live like that. And then there's some partners that I'm like, I could never share you and you're all mine and don't touch or look at anyone else. Really? Yeah. So I think it might vary with me, like between people. Yeah. Which is weird. And I don't completely know how to like handle that because then like when I meet people, I'm like, I'm open to monogamy, but I'm also open to ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. I haven't finished reading the ethical slut. I have it. And I've like gotten to the first few pages and I was trying to read it at work and then too many jokes kept getting made. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So I need to finish that. It's, I should take some of this quarantine time to do that. But yeah, so like I'm open to ethical non-monogamy now. So I um, ended a long-term vanilla relationship sometime last year because of lack of sex mm. um, was a big, a big reason that that happened. Ugh. Not the kind of person that can go without having sex for almost two years, but I did for the you sake did. of that relationship. Two I years did. is a long time. It is. There was a lot of masturbating happening. I mean, there, there always is with me anyway, but there was like extra a lot then. So that ended and like within, you know, a time period, I found people to have sex with and, and it kind of happened. Like, so the, the, the first person is the open relationship person. And so like, they knew that I was probably going to have sex with other people and that was fine. Like yeah. as long as, you know, everything is safe, of course. And so then like the, it kind of, it happened really fast. So like that happened on a Wednesday, like, and this is like within two weeks of me ending my relationship. Cause I was okay. like, gotta have sex now. Yeah. So like that happened on a Wednesday and then I was supposed to have a date on a Friday night, but we ended up being free that Thursday. So we're like, okay, well we can get together like early. And so we had a couple of drinks and went back to his place and like, we really hit it off. And so like, I don't know why I even tried to be like, well, you can go down on me, but I'm not having sex with you, but we definitely ended up having sex. I don't know why I did that. Like, I I don't care. So it's not So like we had sex. And so my friends, like we joked around and we were called Mr. Wednesday. And then it was Mr. Supposed to be Friday Thursday. So, so those things happened. And then I did actually get involved with my ex daddy for like a very short period of time, which was a big reminder of why I was not going to do that anymore. I feel you. Um, <laughs> big, big, big reminder of why that shouldn't happen. Oh my I know. God, I feel you. And my ex master. And I'm like, Oh, that's why he's an ex. He's that's supposed he's an to be an ex. ex for yep. But it's okay. Because that's what gave me the opportunity to reconnect with, with his wife, who was his other submissive and, and become mm. friends with her and actually like fix the, the bad blood yeah. that we have. So I'm, I'm grateful that that happened. So there were those situations. And then, so like those two people I continued playing with when we could knowing, you know, making sure everybody knows, like I'm having sex with other people. I'm having sex with other people. It's not a secret. Know this, be okay with this. 
you know, if you decide to have sex with somebody new, will you just let me know so yeah. we can make sure everything's still safe? Um, and everybody's done that so far. And then in January, there was somebody that like, we like had this really strong connection. We'd been fighting it for months because he was separated. We hit it off really well. We had really, really hot, steamy sex a couple of times. And then his wife decided to move back home. No. Oh, super devastating for both of us. And yeah. so that's kind of just what it is. But like, we had amazing sex. And again, he knew I was like, had been sleeping with other people, keeping everything open and honest. And that was like, that was girl, I will tell you that is some of like, I don't even know why he's not like super experienced. He's not my normal type. Wasn't like overtly dominant, but we just like had this like really steamy, passionate connection. We're in the shower one day and he reaches down and he's like, oh my God, you're so wet. And I'm like, yeah, we're in the shower. And then I feel myself and I'm like, oh no, like I'm really wet. So like, it was just like one of those things. But so that ended. And then I met around that time, met my current, you know, partner, friend with benefits, who is amazing. And he's like the perfect kinky for me. And we have such a good time together and so like I've kind of focused in on that now knowing that and he had like other people that he had been playing with and we've kind of like not intentionally like kind of focused it on us like but we just have so much fun playing together Mm. that like all the things that I want to explore and he wants to explore we've been able to kind of like keep doing that together so like we'll you know we've become really really good friends so for that sake like he's kind of my focus now, but like where I was having great times with the others and I'm still open to it when the right things come along. One of those partners has kind of given me one of my first that I was really excited to try. Okay. If you want to know. I do. One of those partners is somebody that I do switch with Mm -hmm. and I was really interested in trying Peggy. (gasps) So we talked about it. He was open to it and into it. And so, like, I got this great purple, you know, dildo strap on, found one big enough for my thick thighs and and got it. And I was so excited. Like, I was running out the door one night for work when the package arrived. And I was like, (gasps) oh, like, I slipped over my work clothes. And I'm like, this feels amazing. Now Uh I know why guys. And so back in the fall, like, we did try that. We've done that a couple of times. And I I get it. I'm like, I understand why guys love having a dick. It's so fun. So like that, you know, we started with, with like licking and a finger and then like a little prostate massage toy. And then, you know, of course, tons and tons and tons of lube Yes, and yeah, <laughs> and did that. And that was super fun. Oh. I love that. Now I'm like, everybody I meet, I'm like, how do you feel about being fucked in the ass? So lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. If you were listening to this, You are probably like me and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like bone or softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. 
with Blue Chew, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say... The night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. When do you decide to ask that question? Because I feel like my timing in as I'm like trying to get on apps is bad. Like I'm like too much too fast or something. I don't know. What do you do? How do you decide? Yeah, I am, I'm, I'm too much too fast. Oh, you too, are? And I, yeah, I think I like might hurt myself a little bit with regular dating. Like when I'm like, okay, I'm ready to find a partner to marry and love forever. And it has to be like, you have to check these boxes. And um, but I'll, I'll be very quickly like, how do you feel about being called daddy? How do you feel yeah. about stuff in your ass? Are you kinky? Uh, by the way, I have potentially three other partners that I'm fucking right now, but but they're just friends, you know, like it's cool. If things get serious with us, that's fine too. Like I'm into that, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And I am open to that. Like in my partners that I have, especially the one that I'm I'm very focused on right now, like we have such a good friendship and we know that we're not particularly compatible because of some like religious ideals and stuff like that, yeah. which is fine. And we love each other. Like we tell each other, I love you. That's like, amazing. We have a fantastic relationship. He's one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. But like, you know, I like, I want him to find his person and he wants me to find mine at some point. Not too soon. Cause we really like playing. Yeah. Together. But like, maybe if you both did it the exact same time, just because the universe dropped it down that way, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. So that's like kind of where that is now. But the pegging, though, that was like a, a really fun um, experience. And, and and actually, my, my other partner, he's open to it, too. Possibly we've talked about it. It's We have not gone there yet, but we're open to it. The funny thing, two funny things about the pegging. So a lot of my, co like almost all of like my co-workers that I work with directly know about it. Like we talked about it when it first, like when I ordered it, like there, we're all really like way too close. Like we just have to spend too much time together uh -huh. and we're way too. So the night that they know that this is happening for the first time, I had to put my phone on do not disturb because they kept calling me and trying to FaceTime me. <laughs> and that night. So we have a name for it because it's purple. We're calling it the purple punisher. And they actually were apparently talking about it at work that night and it got overheard and like it became like it got talked about in like a meeting. It was like, don't talk about inappropriate things oh at work. Oh my God. You know, so that was not great. But, so <laughs> but the Purple funny. Punisher lives on. <laughs> and um, the other funny story about that is now like my mom and my stepdad. We are very, very open about things, like too open. Like we we can be at their house and like, they'll be like, well, we're going to go skinny dipping for a little bit. You stay at the front of the house and I'll be like, y'all have fun, you know, like then <laughs> they would do the same for me, like at their house. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but um, so 
I'm talking, my sister knows everything. I'm very open with my, my parents about my kink. Like my really? friends know. Yeah. My mom, my mom and stepdad know. My sister knows. My dad knew. My, the only thing my mom doesn't like to hear is about girl on girl stuff. She's just like, I don't want to hear it. She's even gotten okay with like the married people thing. Oh my people, gosh. Really? That is wild. Just, like talk about girl on girl stuff so as long as I leave that out we're fine but yeah like they so they know that I'm kinky like all my friends know I'm kinky one of my best friends is also like kinky and has been on fet with me and like we used to actually like on on Facebook we were in a domestic real partnership and I think we were like I'd like at one point that she was like my dame on, on fet or something like as a joke kind of thing yeah so like so she's kinky too and then like and actually like another really good friend of mine like started dabbling in like a threesome poly situation and she was like the last person I would expect to do that so it's cool having friends that are like okay hearing about it yeah I really like I love to surround myself with kinky people and I think that's why me and you have like hit it off so well too I just I love kinky people but yeah like my sister and her boyfriend they know my mom and stepdad they they talk about it how did it come up the first time though like were you like so mom I want to tell you something or was it just like in passing or like how how it kind of came about because I was with the ex-dom daddy and the wife for like almost two years and so eventually it just kind of like got out there I don't even remember if there was like I don't think there was like a distinct this is what's happening it just kind of like I just kind of acted like it was normal (laughs) (laughs) until it was Um, I mean it's you know and it's my life I can do what I want to so it just you know and and at that time they didn't know all the details yeah you know they didn't know I was like probably at parties like tied up and over a bench getting spanked by two people for 30 minutes until everybody else was concerned for my safety kind of thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. I want to hear more about that. Oh my God. So they didn't know all the details, but now they're pretty privy to any details that they want to hear. My sister knew about the the pegging. And so like, and and she knows that I don't care. She wasn't like outing me to my mom or anything. And so she like jokingly said something to my mom about yeah, so, you know, she fucked somebody in the ass. And my mom's like, what? Tell me. And so we're sitting here and we talk about it. And so I tell my mom, like, pretty much in details, like, how I'm fucking this person in the ass with the purple strap-on called the Purple Punisher. And we're just all sitting on my sister's couch oh laughing our butts off. Oh, my God. You guys are amazing. And then my stepdad shows up. <laughs> and my mom goes, you have to tell him. You have to tell him. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, what? Tell me what? Tell me what? And so my sister at this point decides, she's like, I'm just going to get my phone out and I have to record the reaction to this. And so she actually recorded me telling my stepdad that I fucked this guy in the ass with a purple dildo called the Purple Punisher. And we're, we're all very close, so we're all just laughing about it. And we think it's the best thing ever. And then we go back to normal conversation, like it's nothing. So the only people I don't want to know these things are like, obviously like work people that I could get in trouble right, for right, like my, right. my grandmother and my aunts and stuff. Like as long as my grandmother and my great aunts don't know, I really don't care who else knows. Do your mom and stepdad tell you details as well? We'll like, they'll make jokes. Okay. Like we'll be on the phone. Like I'll call them on the way to work and, and they're retired. So they're, they're just hanging out together and I'm on speakerphone and we're talking and and my stepdad will be like, yeah, your mom's a freak or something like that. So like, <laughs> we don't go into too much detail. I know, I know some details, like they'll, 
they will tell me more than they'll tell any of the other children yep. for sure same, because same, I'm, same. I'm like open to it. And so we'll talk about it. We laugh about it. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't mind hearing about it. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I'm not like grossed out by it. I'm, I've never been like grossed out by sex or hearing people talk about sex. It doesn't bother me at all. So, so it doesn't really matter. Either. I've actually asked my grandmothers. One of them is deceased and one is still alive. But I recently asked my grandmother if she'd ever given a blowjob. She said no. Really? Oh, my God. How old is she? How old is she? she she's 78. Yeah. And I did ask her if wow. she had, if she'd ever given a blowjob. And she said no. I didn't want to tell her that people eat assholes. So I left that out. I did not tell her. I said, you would be really surprised at the things people do if you think that's oh not okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where was she yeah. raised? What part of, was she Southern? She Southern, yep, yep, raised wow. in the same area. Oh, my God. Um, I yeah. wish I could take a poll of all, like, I wish I could just poll everyone of all ages and, like, look at blowjob trends and ass-eating trends and cunnilingus trends, you know, like, oh, I think that's so right. interesting. Yeah, I actually, like we had joked before my other grandmother passed away, we had joked with her and talked with her about pearl necklaces in one time. And it was this big joke because we were like, Granny, do you, do you, have you ever had a pearl necklace? Oh my God, like, oh. no. She was like, I love pearl necklaces. And like, it was a big joke. And then when we told her what we were talking about, and she was just like, I would never put that in my mouth. <laughs> So that was funny. So I guess neither of my grandmothers have ever given a blowjob. Um, oh my gosh. So I guess I'm less like them than I thought. <laughs> well, I would just say that you are evolving your family line, you know? Uh, yeah. Just... And, and like, I think like my mom and stepdad, like they're, they're, they'll, they're not like totally boring yeah. um, at all. They'll, they'll, they do, they do fun stuff, nothing crazy, but, but they're fun. You know, they're not like all missionary or anything. So it's fun. Oh my God. I wish I had had the like wherewithal when my mom found my chain leash in the freezer to be like, it's normal. Don't you have your, but I was like, cause my, cause my family doesn't have that dynamic. And it's only since I've had this podcast that my parents have started like making more jokes and sharing snippets. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I, you guys need to, okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to ask you about, sounds like you've been to a sex party or two. I have been to some parties. Yeah. So I guess like just to define, they weren't necessarily sex parties as much as like kink parties. Kink parties. Um, okay. Like kind of, you know, every, and these were like private, I've, I've been to dungeon situations and I've been to parties. So both. So private party at somebody's house, you know, inside, outside space responsible alcohol because I know you're not supposed to like kink and alcohol too much but yeah. you know like private party responsible no, nobody getting drunk, drunk yeah, or yeah. anything like that and um yeah and so people would like take turns having scenes all the girls are pretty much like walking around either naked or in lingerie um or rope harnesses or something like that so that was super fun so like one in particular my my dom at the time and his his wife they had a, a rope suspension scene that they did <sighs> And then they, then like other people had some spanking scenes and then we had ours and I was, was bound in a, like a rope harness with my arms behind my back, put over a bench, of course, naked and spanked by him and his friend who was also a dom. Yeah. It was super, super intense. At the same to time? The point yeah. Yeah. Like they, they both did it together. I mean, and used every kind of toy you can imagine, like paddles, whips 
floggers, dragon tails, like canes. I mean, of all varying thick ones, thin ones. My butt was tore up after oh, this. I bet. Did you take pictures? I do not have the pictures anymore, unfortunately. Okay. I have some pictures, but they're not from that specific okay. incident. I wish I did because my I was I mean, it was really heavy and I loved it. I also realized at that time kind of what fuels part of my like endurance in those situations is I'm like an incredibly competitive person. And at the time I had something I had to be competitive for. So like, I mean, of course I play with safe words and stuff, but there was no way I was ever going to safe word out of that. Like Uh. it just wasn't going to happen. And, and he knew me well enough to know like when it was really time to stop, but it was, to my understanding, like a solid 30 minutes of beating. Um, and to the point where people were like, told me afterwards, like while we're having our little aftercare moment, like came up and we're like, we were getting worried about you. Holy shit. That, that one lasted a while, but it was fun. Like I, I got past the point, like, to, I don't know about you. Like I like to cry, like beat me until I cry. Like yeah. definitely don't stop before I cry. Um, but like I had gotten past the point of crying where I was just like, in my mind, like, I remember being like, you can't hurt me. You yep. can't stop me. You yep. can't do anything yep. to me. Doesn't even hurt me yep. more because, like, at that point, what could I even feel? At that point, it was almost like I had, like, gone past up space. Mm. And I was just, like, this horrible bitch that was like, you can't even fucking touch me. You yeah. know? So, yeah. yeah. Like, at that point, like, and it was, and he, he knew when to stop, thankfully. And, you know, but, um, and I'm sure like if I was, if I was in like real bodily harm stages, I'm self-aware enough to know when to stop. But yeah, at that point, it wasn't that, like, it wasn't anything that could actually like long-term right. harm me. So yep. Yep. at that point I was like, nobody's going to see me quit. So that was interesting. I want to ask for our listeners who maybe are shocked by what you've just shared. What was the feeling afterwards that you got? Like once it was over and you're in aftercare or maybe the next day, like how did you feel about the experience afterwards? Yeah, I would say for me, like after the experience, I was just really proud of myself. Does that, does that make sense? Like I was really proud. I was like, oh, this was like so, and especially when people were coming up and they were like, wow, that was, and I don't do it for anybody else, but, but like I do it for myself, obviously, but seeing people come up and be like, wow, that was really intense. Like I've never seen somebody be beat so hard in my life. Like coming from multiple experienced submissives, I was like, I'm a badass. Yeah. Like I love, and I love that feeling. And like, that's where I said the competitive nature just yeah. kicks in and it kind of overtakes everything and really fuels my endurance and my submission in those situations. So definitely like proud and just like a total badass that like I took the worst beating they'd all ever seen. Amazing. So that was cool. So I've been to other similar parties or parties where people are naked in hot tubs and touching, but nothing like no penetration kind of things happening. And then I've been to like a dungeon where they have like some educational classes and then would afterwards have play. And like one time a female Dame who I'm friends with now, she spanked me and like I was new and I didn't, I went by myself. It was actually right after that, that relationship had ended at some point. And I said, you know, I need to like, still try to figure out how to do this myself. And so I went to this dungeon and like there was a class and then afterwards and I was like, you know, is there any chance you'd be interested in like spanking me? And I think girls are like more open to spanking like a random girl that comes up and asks them that instead of like a creepy guy that they don't know. And she was like, yeah, I'd love to. And she had a male slave and everything. And um, 
so yeah, so she spanked me and that was super fun. And, you know, she checked in with me the next day or two after and like, we, you know, we became friends at that point and um, keep in touch on that now, but yeah, like, so that was fun. So that was another like experience of something that I'd never done that was like in a more public setting. So I definitely have like some, there's like some kind of famous dungeons and stuff that I would love to go to when I have time. Yeah. Um, I wrote bondage, but I have never gotten to do suspension. That was a big point of contention in my previous relationship because a lot of other people were getting to, and I was not. <gasps> Are um, we jealous? Yeah. That's the, see, that's the type it, of yeah. thing that would make me jealous in a poly relationship. I would be like, yeah. And it wasn't even like a jealousy thing. It was like, it was just flat out wrong because it was, it should have been happening and it wasn't and like, so it's not fair when all these other people, like in people you're not even in a relationship with are getting to do these things, but I get left out of these things yeah, because like some not like me. And so that, that kind of led to the, the eventual demise of that. So I've still not ever gotten to do that, but, but there's potential for that. I have, I have rope. I see some laying on my floor in front of me right now, just because it's been there and I threw some stuff off my chair, but I have like good bondage rope and my, one of my partners now, he knows a little bit, uh, you know, about bondage. And so we're talking about maybe going to like a conference or, or getting lessons or something and, and practicing together just in general. And it's of course not something you need to do if you don't know what you're doing, because you have to work, watch out for the yep. nerve damage and like that. And I know I, I've been tied like four ties. I've just never, I've never done any suspensions. So, um, so yeah, that's something I'm definitely like into and want to do more of. Awesome. Is there anything that you like definitely would not explore? Like where do your limits lie? Yeah. So to, like, I feel like I have the pretty basic limit. I have really long hair. So I'm I love your hair. I think it's beautiful, but Thanks. just personally for me, like I would never let anybody shave my head. Oh yeah. Um, but I've oh, been, yeah. I'm growing, I have like butt length hair out for years. Yeah. No, um, no. So yeah. Like, no, like no, so no like permanent body modifications or temporary, like over like uh, obvious body modifications, branding, tattoos, piercings, things like that. Yeah. No scat, no, in, I say no intentional no intentional scat blood or vomit right right yeah like I know some people want to deep throat it until they're forced to puke on purpose yeah no. if it happens like I'm an adult about everything if you're doing anal stuff and poop happens like it happens like I'm not I'm not worried about that and I take all the measures to make sure that does not happen yeah but you know like I'm I'm an adult you know an adult that works in healthcare at that so I'm not afraid of bodily fluids I don't want you to cut me with the intention to make me bleed yeah. if you hit me with a whip and I bleed as a result of that, I don't feel like my limits have been broken. That's not the case. So intentional blood, scat, and vomit, obviously like kids and animals, permanent body modifications. I'll eat ass, but no ass to mouth is in I'm not putting a cock or a toy in my mouth that has been in an ass. Yeah. Obviously not ass to vagina because health and safety reasons. That's a no. Yep. And then a soft limit for me is electricity. And I can tell you this too, that that used to be a hard limit. And my ex Dom broke that hard limit, thought it was hilarious. And I'm like, in a corner crying, like trying to get away kind of thing. I'm like in the moment, like couldn't even think to like safe word, I shouldn't have to safe word because it was a no. Yeah. And you did it. But in that I'm not saying it definitely wasn't okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I learned that it also wasn't like as bad as I thought it was. 
so now I say it's a soft limit. I'm open to it if somebody really wants to do it. Like I'm open to like more like violet wand kind of things. You know, I don't really like the cattle prod and the little red um, zappy things. Like that's what I've actually been. That's what with you before. experienced. The the little red zappy thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a it has like a black handle and it's like a little like short kind of red wand. Yeah. It's really not that bad. The okay. noise that it makes is worse, worse. than anything. Yeah. But it just terrifies me. And like, mm-hmm. it is one thing that can like bring me to tears. And so I've of course was super angry when that happened and it should never have happened, but it did. So, but now I'm just like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. So it's a soft, let's talk about it. And if you really want to do it, then I will. But otherwise there's like, unless it's going to hurt me or like, you know, like, hurt, like really hurt me or it's just something that I really don't want to do for like health reasons or, you know, I don't want to be made to bleed or vomit. And then I'm okay with it. Like I've never done any piss play, but I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, like I'm, I'm okay with, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to most things. My kinks are pretty wide and varied. I love choking. I love being slapped in the face. I like face fucking my, my partner now that, that I play with, we recently um tried a little like, preface to waterboarding oh (laughs) wanted to do and we talked about and so like after we like finished playing and fucking and took me in the bathroom and like sucked his cocky came all over my face and then he put me in the bathtub and threw a towel over my face and like poured buckets of water all over my face (laughs) so that was really fun next time I think we're gonna set it up like in the garage with like a like a, a plank like tilted backwards and like tie me to it and like we haven't kind of thought out like a way we really oh, want to do it but for like a little preface to it it was still fun and like scary so cold water or warm water just like warmish lukewarm oh water just because, yeah, like it was a it was a like an ease in slowly carefully kind of thing yeah. but like even and I have like I knew we were talking about doing this and so like I'm in the shower and I'm like okay I'm putting a cloth over my face and you and like to get a feel for like when you try to breathe in that water gets sucked into your mouth yeah and so then you're like spitting but like between like we had already been fucking and like getting choked and then that like my eyes were bloodshot and I was like okay but I'm like he's he's super cautious and careful about like checking in with me as we go. And like I said, he's just wonderful. But um, so that was fun and like a great safe place to explore that and explore a lot of other things with him. So, yeah, so we might take that a little bit further in the wow. future. So wow. I promise you about my fantasy. Are you ready for my big well, That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to forget it or miss it for you. I figured I'd leave so. with like goals to like the big fantasy. So the big, so like I said, so I like a lot of things. My big fantasy. So I actually have a friend who I, I heard that one time he mixed up like some Ambien and Benadryl and put it in his wife's drink when she got home. And they had like previously talked about this and he gave it to her and like, you know, she fell asleep and he fucked her and woke up the next morning and was like, did we have sex? And so I kind of added that into my big fantasy. So my big fantasy is I want to be like drugged with the safe drugs. Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very like careful, obviously. And this is something I pretty much, this whole fantasy, just to preface this, is something that probably will have to be my husband to do Mm -hmm. this with because it is very extreme. But I want to be drugged, bound, taken in a car of some sort to a cabin in the woods (laughs) with a basement. This is really specific. 
cabin in the woods with a basement and I want to be bound and tied up in the basement for the whole weekend. And I want to be like, including like being starved. Basically. I don't want to like be fed real meals and let out ever. Like I want to like be fed, like just like a, new, a protein bar here and there and like have like water and have to like have like supervised bathroom, you know, visits and, you know, be bound and beaten and naked and, and, like consensual non-consent rape fantasy yeah. like for a whole weekend wow so yeah like how do you find somebody that's safe enough to do that right. with though right like and I, honestly like my my partner i have now is but it's like a really big ask it's a big ask um, it's a big ask for anybody so both people really have to be prepared for that and yeah. it's not something to like probably can't just like leave me alone the next day after that like this is going to be like no an you know, like we need a day to like recover together from this because That's it's not a lot on the, the submissive partner in that it's like a, it's a lot for both. Totally. So, so that will have to be planned out very carefully. And I'm also not sure where to find a cabin with a basement and, you know, transport a bound person in a car without getting arrested. And there's a lot of things to figure out with that fantasy. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible even in exactly how I want it. And there have been talks of like, you know, is there only one cock there? Is it like a multiple cock situation? Yeah. That's been talked about. So I don't know. I don't know how that will play out. Hopefully at some point in the most basic form of like drug, kidnap, cabin, rape, star beats, you know, and then take me somewhere good to eat after. Because yes. um, I love eating. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so it's like I hope even for like a night that that happens at some point, but obviously like there's a lot of safety, safety things that you have to watch out for, for that. Absolutely. So hopefully that'll happen at some point. I'd love that. Can I ask, would you want for the parts where you're drugged, would you want to be filmed so that you could watch it later? Or do you want to just like be told about it? Or do you have any feelings around that? Yeah, I would be open to being filmed. I mean, at that point, it's going to be somebody that I like, trust with my right, life right. yeah yeah so yeah I would be fine with it being filmed I mean and I'm not like shy about being on camera anyway like I don't let my face be shown in videos and pictures if it's somebody that I don't trust yeah but yeah I actually like so there have been a couple occasions <laughs> I met a friend on a website <laughs> and um, we we <laughs> we talk occasionally well our first like Thing, I find out that this said friend happens to be married. And so I'm like, I will not fuck you. You're married. No. And so he makes a joke about like, well, can I at least see your tits? And I go Venmo or Cash App. Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, Cash App? And I'm like, you know what? Sure. So I send him pictures of my boobs for some money. Okay. Yes. I send these pictures of my boobs for money. And I'm literally like, busy with work when this happens but their pictures they're not like new original pictures I have them in my bank of hidden pictures in my phone and I send them to him and he's happy and I'm like cool that's like grass cutting money you know whatever like totally. I'm I'm happy it's nothing totally. but and so like I'm like I'll probably never hear from him again it's over whatever so he apparently was on FetLife <laughs> and was scrolling through FetLife and in the area I live I guess it's not hard to like like when you're scrolling through profiles, you see like the more active profiles. And um, so he's scrolling through and he sees the picture that I sent him on FetLife. <laughs> and then he looks at my pictures and he sees the other one. 
And he sends me a message and he goes, so fet life, huh? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and first I'm like, is he being, I'm like, are you stalking me? And he's like, no, I was just scrolling and I found this. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, you mad, bro? Because I'm like, you just paid for these pictures that are online for free. <laughs> so. Wait, you told, had, did you tell him that? He knew he found them. No, but like, like he but like, already. I probably would have been like, oh, I liked them so much. I decided to put them up there. Like, it wouldn't even occur to me to be like, yep. Oh, yeah, no, they were there. There was no hiding it. Like, they'd been on there long enough that he could see. Like, I obviously didn't do it. Like, this, he found them, like, three days after I sent them to Oh, him. amazing. And he was a, a super active fet lifer. So, it was just, like, it was so funny for him to find that. Um, and then, like, we just kind of, like, became friends and talked, like, as friends. Well, just a couple of nights ago, like, and I've sent him a few other people's just like a, pictures. I've sent him a few other pictures before. It's just like a little gimme, kind of like, hey, sorry, I scammed you, kind of. Um, <laughs> I love that. And so, but like very like minimal pictures that he gets. He doesn't didn't get anything like great. And so a couple of nights ago, we were talking about something. I was like, yeah, I love this picture in this video. And so like, I was like, nah, those aren't freebies. And so I got him just send me more money on cash app and i'm like okay i'll send you these I and love so that. it's kind of like a joke now but like you know I mean, i've never done porn or anything but so no i'm not i'm like i'm pretty comfortable being like i love pictures of myself i i'm gonna send you some nudies for your yeah, art collection so i'm all i'm all for it as long as like my identity is protected usually so um yeah so somebody that i was i was comfortable with anyway you know I would I would let them video the the fantasy and and my partner um one of my partners now like we take pictures and videos together and it's super fun to look at so yeah so I enjoy that amazing so okay. if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice what age would you pick and what would you say Yes. So I, I thought about this because I was like, oh, what's, and, and I, I knew what it was immediately. Um, I have a rule now is like to never fake an orgasm like ever. And so I would, I would just go back and I would like in the early, you know, like 15, 16, that, you know, when that stuff was happening, you know, and then even like at 18 and 20, like I would still fake orgasms if I just got tired of somebody trying, which I need to tell you like my, my favorite way to come because that, that is yes, important. I will tell please you. tell. So like, so, so yeah, I would just say like, ne go back to when I started and say never fake an orgasm. If they can't make me come, like they need to keep working until they do, or we're going to break out a toy and we're going to do it. And I'll do that now. Like if I'm yes. with somebody and I'm just not coming very easily, I'll be like, hold on a minute. And I'll reach over and grab my little favorite Fuck yeah. um, blue vibrator. I mean, and I'm, I mean, I have a ton of toys. I love toys. And I've been rebuilding my collection um, after I lost some of them from mm -hmm. something. But yeah, like I love my toys. I love my Hitachi. I love my, my little vibes and and glass dildos and rope and floggers and all nipple toys and all these things. But I would just say I would never fake an orgasm and, and to like not to have shame about my sexuality. Mm -hmm. I've never really been like the shamey type. I mean, I'm, I'm like a zero on the shame -a meter. There is no, <laughs> there is no shame. Like I said, as long as the, those few people that I don't want to know things don't find out I'm fine. So I'm, I have no shame about my sexuality and the things that I like and enjoy and mm -hmm. calling people daddy. And so, yeah, so just, don't don't fake an orgasm and don't have any shame about your sex life and enjoy yourself. My favorite way to come. 
So I have like a very specific thing that I like. We talked about how I don't really come easily from oral. And so I like for my partner to lay beside me, like with one arm kind of like under my head Mm -hmm. and one hand's like on my, you know, on my pussy, on my clit. Use like a foot to like hold my leg open and like just like hold me while they like rub my clit with their hand and then like their face, like I can like turn my face and like be looking right in their eyes. Like it's super like close and intimate and them like talk dirty to me and like me be able to ask like, you know, daddy, can I come for you? And like, like just like that closeness. So that is my favorite way. And I, I do try to like show people that that's what I like and like, yeah, go down on me. Like, you know, get me excited, get everything yeah. wet. Like, but I'm going to have a hard time coming like that. And it's going to take you a long time. So do this. This is what I like. Hold me close, rub oh. my clit and call me like your precious little baby girl. And that's my favorite. It's so fun. And it feels so good. And they're, then they're like the, them like keeping my thighs like spread open, like with their hand or like, you know, or they're right there to say, don't close your legs or something like that. Like it's, it's super fun. And I love that. That is so hot. And I am putting that on my bucket list. Like I'm stealing yes. and borrowing and sharing that. And that sounds so hot. And now I'm like very sad that I'm in quarantine. <laughs> I know. I know. Call me too. I'm dying. It's like one of the things I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, Keep you're also choice. in, you're in real quarantine. I'm in, I'm in self-isolation. <laughs> I know. It's, oh okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's what we have to do to stay safe. Yep. It's worth it. Oh my God, Danny, you're a sexual genius. <laughs> Thank you so much for being oh, on the show and sharing these stories. Thank you so much. Um, I do have a question for you. Oh yeah, do you have a question for me? I forget. I've been I forgetting. That. I'm like, what am I gonna ask her? Um, so is there something that you have like a fantasy of that you want to do, but you don't think you could ever actually bring yourself to do it? <laughs> you mean I like, know that might be you a- no, no. You mean like besides have a regular partner, like a like a like a like honestly I mean this is okay I will give you a good answer but the the most glaring obvious answer is like I don't know that I'm actually capable of committed partnership that loves me first like this triangle thing is so strong it's like one of the things that I'm currently unpacking but that's like that's like a therapy fantasy so (laughs) let's see okay but for example, not that this is your thing, but I, like that you really want to do a gangbang, but you don't think you could ever let yourself do it. Like I want to do a that. gang. I want to do a gangbang, but I think I could do it with the right circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I've been actually thinking about lately that maybe it's not even good to say on this podcast. I'm going to share all of it, though. OK, so attempting to date after like a year and a quarter of having this podcast has been strange. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to use people to create experiences and I don't like my biggest fear that's been coming up is like I really don't want people to think that I'm trying to start a sex cult because I'm not like that's not what the podcast (laughs) is that's not what this is for and I'm also meeting a lot of cool sexy individuals and talking to a lot of people online so I do absolutely have a fantasy about inviting you know a really curated people that I've met through this that I've had deep conversations with that I know are really really safe and clear and would not you know I basically I want to host the perfect sex party like I want to create a space and then I want to show up because some part of me this is like maybe a week and a half ago that this idea popped into my head 
and I don't know it's probably not gonna happen but like I am holding the hope in a vague way if it ever like unfolds but I love because I'm sort of like okay well maybe I will never find a new master maybe I will not have a new dom because I'm not willing to put in the looking time but maybe once a month I could host the most fantastic sex party and like see my lovers and have a night of sex and like fuck as many people as want to fuck me but like you know like and I I I love that idea so much and it's a little bit insane, but like, that's the type of thing. And I, you know, oh, and I'm imagining the space that it's in. And obviously there's a hot tub and there's like different areas and it's big and it's like people are just so open, but it would have structure because one of the things about sex parties or kink parties is like when people don't know each other, it's kind of like awkward at first, or it's just like a regular party until you get to know people. So I have all kinds of specific ideas about how I would have the evening unfold. Like it would be like a whole thing. Icebreakers. <laughs> Icebre- yeah. I mean, I, like the sexiest icebreakers that are, that are not like lame. And it, cause it, I want it to feel like everyone is part of this gorgeous dance, almost like a production, but not like a play, not like with boring rules, but just something that like creates guidelines for people to like just enjoy themselves so i don't know is that you think that's okay to put on the podcast yeah i do (laughs) you know in some alternate universe that you actually did i would totally fly across the country to come to it if i I were to be invited (laughs) here's the thing i'm sort of like well that also makes really logical sense because we're collecting people that are like amazing and safe and really creative and smart and fun and emotionally intelligent. And I dream of getting all those people in one place together and having sex with them. (laughs) And so maybe the regular, like maybe the actual version of that fantasy is like, I just go to the community that already exists in Los Angeles, but I'm so scared of new spaces, you know? So I think that's in my future. Like that's a for real one, but I don't know, dude, I am, I am thinking about that. So well thank you for sharing (laughs) thank you for asking and thank you for being on the show and sharing your really fucking fantastic details oh my gosh thank you so much fun